Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience, featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Tom Guinan, and I want to welcome you to the February 22nd episode of the Bull Bear Banter. I'm the Vice President of Producer Grain Marketing, and I work closely with our grain marketing advisors. Today, I'm joined by Ashley Smaby, one of our grain marketing advisors. Friday afternoon, March corn closed down a quarter for the day, but up a half a cent from last Friday. December corn was unchanged Friday and gained two and a half for the week. For soybeans, March closed down three quarters at 9.10 and a quarter, which is up two and three quarters from the week. November beans were up a quarter Friday and up two and a half for the week. Ashley and I started working on our end of the week comments shortly after the close on Friday. At that point, we were going to try to be humorous and say the big story was that there really wasn't a big story. There's been a lot of speculation, conjecture, and assumptions this week. Most of this was in regard to what we keep hearing as an additional $30 billion of U.S. ag products going to China. However, word came around a couple of hours after the close that USDA Secretary Sonny Perdue announced that the Chinese have agreed to purchase an additional 10 million metric tons of U.S. soybeans this year. Perhaps that's the $30 billion we've been hearing about, but either way, it does appear somewhat more official than what we had been hearing. We'll see how that translates into the open on Sunday night. So, Ashley, let's talk a little bit about the bull bear factors. For corn, the bullish news is this continued optimism that the Chinese will import U.S. corn and or U.S. corn products like ethanol or DDGs. The other good news is crude oil continues to work just a little bit higher, with West Texas Intermediate now above $57 after a low of around $42 December 24th. For bear news, Tom, I have the USDA Outlook Conference released their corn acreage estimate of 92 million acres for this spring. Ethanol production fell last week, and now ethanol stocks are above 1 billion gallons. For soybeans, the bullish factors, I think, is this NOPA crush that has been on a record high so far this crop year. And again, you mentioned the USDA Outlet Conference, and they are estimating soybean acres to be reduced about 4 million acres at a number that's 85 million acres this year. So I think that'll help the soybean prices. As far as bearish factors go, 910 million bushels. That is a lot of soybeans for the U.S. to carry over. Double last year, and that was doubled from the year prior. African swine fever woes continued in China. There was a rumor that it was found in Canada, but that has been declared false. Mongolia, yes. Canada, no. It's kind of hard to keep a lot of that straight, isn't it? Uh, We keep hearing about this African swine fever, and I think that is going to continue to hurt that soybean meal demand over there. So why does this all matter? And again, you've heard us say this before if you've listened to the podcast lately, but we're going to continue to encourage you to leave offers. We continue to see a lot of these offers filled during the trading hours, but by the time we get to the end of the trading day, it's really not possible to replicate those numbers. We'll also continue to encourage people to use this time of year to calculate their cost of production for this past year, and then use that as a guide for a solid marketing plan for this coming year. So what should you be watching for and some upcoming events that are coming at Landis Cooperative? The sign-up deadline for our averaging contract is next Friday, March 1st. Be sure to stay tuned for the end of the bull bear banter for some info about this contract. We will be hosting two meetings with Iowa State Extension to discuss the farm bill, crop insurance, and grain markets. This will happen on March 7th in the morning in Ames and in the afternoon in Carroll. We've been mentioning our Women in Ag event ventures 
and that is going to be happening in Des Moines, March 22nd and 23rd. Finally, if you have questions or comments for us, drop us an email, podcast at landiscooperative.com. Thanks, Ashley. I really appreciate you being a part of the uh, Bull Bear Banter this week. And folks that are listening, we appreciate you joining us as well. As you know, this is part of the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast. And as uh, Ashley mentioned earlier, we're going to have a little bit of info about the averaging contract. So stay tuned. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. Thanks for listening. We look forward to talking with you again next week. Today I'm joined by Janet Smith. She is a grain marketing advisor for Landis and has been with uh, West Central prior to that. So Janet, we've been mentioning the March 1 sign-up deadline for our averaging contract. As you and I know, that's coming up here at the end of next week. Can you just give us a basic overview of this program? What this program is, is a producer enrolls a certain amount of bushels. A percent of those enrolled bushels are marketed every day at the market close, as long as the market is open during the designated marketing period. The goal is the law of averages. This will result in a better price than holding back and only trying to hit the highs. So give us the rundown on the marketing periods for these averaging contracts. So for corn, it's March 11th through June 28th, and on soybeans, it's April 29th through August 2nd. So kind of going back to what we've talked about in the past, the seasonalities are returned. If you look at a chart for the last three, four, five, ten years of either December corn or November beans, that kind of mirrors that high part of that chart then, right? That's what we're trying to do? Yes, that's correct, Tom. So what are the bushel requirements and the fees for the program, Janet? So for this program, bushels for corn are 5,000 bushel increments, and beans, it's 2,500 bushel increments. And there's a four-cent fee. And does a producer have to do anything after they've enrolled their bushels? So the only thing a producer has to do after they've enrolled is they need to set their basis prior to delivery or at the end of the contract deadline. Corn is November 20th and October 20th is for beans. Give me just your experience with this. You've been uh, doing this for quite a while. Like I mentioned, West Central has done this in the past. What's been your experience with it? And, And maybe a better question is why should producers consider doing this with their grain this fall? So we had a producer meeting earlier last week, and what a farmer said was this is one of the easiest contracts he's ever done. So his averaging contract that he has done through West Central and Landis Cooperative has beat the professionals 8 out of 10 years. He is a very good marketer, and he still enrolls bushels in this program every year. So throw something in and see if you can beat it? Yep, that's what he does, and he just lets the average work. He says, you know, if you look at the law of averages, there's going to be peaks and valleys, but over those deadlines and that time frame, you know, we're going to have some highs and some lows. Okay, so thanks for joining us today, Janet. And we'd just like to remind people once again that that deadline is coming up pretty fast. It's March 1st, which is next Friday. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later. (music) 